0: Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rizak. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. Hello, base campers. Hope you're all doing well. I love to speak with guests who can really frame things. I sometimes feel like I'm beating the same drum in terms of this conflict we find ourselves in with the psychopathic globalists exemplified by the World Economic Forum and their communist, totalitarian-inspired Great Reset. The Great Reset is more control for them and less freedom for you. Most of the ways of describing this, I've created a bit of a well-worn narrative road. You know, the 5G war, the unconventional war, humanity against the globalists, etc., etc. So when I get a chance to speak with a guest who has a very skillful way of describing not only the challenges that we're currently facing, but some of the remedies that we're creating, it's wonderful for me. There is something unbreakable about the human spirit and human creativity and ingenuity. Once we fully understand what we're up against, and I believe we're all getting there, the human tribe can go to work on building the future that works for all of us, ourselves and future generations. A future where we are partnered with our technology instead of being squashed, fused, and dominated by it. Today's interview had a lot of little light bulbs going off for me. I hope you enjoy it as well. Christian Elliott is a husband, father of six, and a certified personal trainer, health coach, and nutrition expert. He has a master's of divinity and since 2003 has logged over 15,000 hours of one-on-one coaching. He and his wife, Nina, run True Whole Human, a high-touch personal coaching practice where they help clients radically transform their health and keep it that way. Here is my interview with Christian Elliott. Alright, I am here with Christian Elliott, health expert, health coach, sovereignty teacher and leader, now podcaster, father, Christian Elliott. Welcome back to Base Camp for Men. It's good to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me. It's great to be back. Yeah, you know, you and I have done this your third time on. I looked it up. I knew we. this is our third conversation. So you've been on once a season since season 3 so i had you on in season 3 uh with what i thought was probably the best or if not amongst the best episodes that we did that season with episode 119 the road forward and then and then you and i chatted again about sovereignty in an episode uh in season 4 early in season 4 uh titled uh episode 128 growing your sovereignty um so welcome back how's your fam doing you know i i just got off the uh, chatting with you before we jumped on here, and I was going to ask you how your four kids are doing. You said you just had your sixth kid, Is that it?
1: so it sounds like you're doing great. Although it's probably pretty hectic at your house, right? Yeah, well, it's it's hectic, but it's it's a very full life, but it's a good life. We there's I don't think there's many easy, easy paths in life, and so you you choose your heart, and we chose homeschooling and loving our kids ferociously, and all that goes with that. And so it's a full life with a lot of moving parts, but I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: That's beautiful.
1: Is the new baby a uh, boy or girl? I've got my fifth boy just showed up. So I got the oldest daughter and five boys after that. So it went daughter and then five boys? Yeah, my sister, yeah. my daughter kept wanting a sister and we just were never able to <laughs> give her that. So <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: so sorry, <funny. laughs> right, Naomi. Yeah,
1: right, right. Um, so, you know,
0: when I was thinking about this episode, You know, you and I are engaged in some of the same types of narrative. You're really focused in on the health, which I appreciate. And we're going to talk a bit about that later. Um, But, you know, in terms of narrative, I'm still a little surprised sometimes. I live in Seattle. It's a pretty liberal area and that people – Really, there's still a, a pretty large group that doesn't think that there's really any unconventional war. I mean, we've we've talked about it, of uh, you know, fifth generation warfare on this show. We've talked about humanity versus, uh, uh, you know, kind of the Great Reset versus humanity or communism versus freedom. There, there's a lot of different ways to frame it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. You know, I was in a bar the other day and I was overhearing somebody having a conversation and they basically said, look, I, I hate to tell you this, but if you don't know who Klaus Schwab is, if you don't know who the World Economic Forum is, uh, then you don't really, you don't have a frame to know what's going on. And I was just like, wow, that was a really, and he didn't say it in a really like trying to make the person sound dumb. He was just saying, look, you really have to know about this. Otherwise you, you it's, you're really in the dark, you don't know what all these other people are talking about. And so I wanted to ask you, like, do most of your circle, because you know, you have people come to you for health, but also they come to you in their study of sovereignty, and you have a bunch of different modules for that. Do you find most of the people in your circle understand, hey, this is a conflict? Uh, uh, you know, there there there's this kind of there's a bunch of ways to say it, but how how do you say it to sort of uh, bring people along or do you find that most of the people in your life really understand now it's 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 an unconventional war. It's obvious by all of the signs what what is your experience of that?
1: Yeah, I guess in some ways I may live I mean definitely in a different culture, I suppose from I'm in you know the panhandle of Florida, mm-hmm. which tends to be a more conservative area and we found refreshingly awake and not interested in complying with global tyranny and what I imagine Seattle to be like. So I don't, most of my circles don't have a, ooh, we are on eggshells here and we can't talk about this. And so Mm -hmm. most of the people I run with or that I um, interact with even digitally are of the awake mindset. And that, I wrote an article a few years ago, uh, back in 2021, 18 reasons I won't be getting a COVID vaccine. Mm -hmm. And that really changed my audience a lot because I got so much exposure from that, that it pretty much weeded out anybody who was right. signing up for the mainstream narrative. And so most of my time is actually spent talking to people who are awake and and trying to figure out what to do about it, yep. or um, coming to terms with how shall we then live in this, what has come to light since COVID. But Um, I have different ways of getting into the conversation when I do meet the unicorn who still thinks that all is well and hasn't Mm. questioned anything or, um, doesn't know to look a little deeper. And, um, so depending on the person and, and what they're, how I read them or what seems to be important to them, I find my ways to have the conversation, uh, when I think there might be something fruitful that can come out of it.
0: So, so most of your, I mean, your your 18 reasons I'm not getting the COVID vaccine, that was a great litmus test. Boy, talk about like, I want to mm-hmm. get my, I want to get like-minded people around me. That, that's a fantastic way to sort of say, hey, you know, I want to talk with a particular group. I don't know if that was your intention of it, but it's like, it certainly probably circled you with a lot of people that were nodding about that, right?
1: Right. Well, it, it wasn't really my intention to find like-minded people. It was more of I had you know, enough people over the years have respected my opinion about things related to health, mm-hmm. and I had clients or family or friends that were asking me what I thought of these fake injections or fake vaccines they've rolled out. Mm-hmm. And so instead of continuing to write more and more emails, I just thought, let me put these all in one place so I can just refer them to it. I had mm-hmm. no idea. It would go as viral as it went. I just wanted to have a place to put it, and so, but what that did, it gave me exposure. I was republished all over the world in different languages, and um, because it was well referenced, a lot of people found me, and um, I've developed so many great friendships and connections because I, I took that. You know, I didn't really want to publish it because I'm like, oh gosh, I don't want to deal with all the blowback of having this public. But the courage finally won the argument. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to live. Scared. Let me publish it. So for about a day, I didn't even look at it. <laughs> I didn't want to know what was happening. Yeah. yeah. And then I finally did, and I was like, whoa! And my inbox just became self-replicating for months. Wow. But people reaching out to me about that. So yeah, that really changed the circles I ran in, or, or shifted the friend circles in some level, Same. and helped me find more like-minded people. Was a beautiful outcome of that.
0: Absolutely.
1: You know, I can tell. You know, you and I are both
0: natural optimists. Um. And what what is what is it inside of this uh, conflict I mean there's 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 a lot of things like you and I probably see different things and we probably notice different things being Mm -hmm. I'm in Seattle and you're in, in the panhandle. Um, but we still probably come across some of the same inputs where we go, Oh, you know, this is happening or what, you Mm -hmm. know, what, what are they trying to do in the schools right now or whatever? What, what do you see right now that brings you optimism that you're like, Hey, here's a bunch of good news. Cause you know, you have to really go looking for some of the uplifting good, uh, tidbits that you go oh look at look at what's happening or you just like you know just work with yourself and your inner circle to make sure there's an uplifting narrative but uh you know what what do you what do you see right now that has you optimistic because there's a lot of doom and gloom i notice, like i i i'm in some online circles that are that are patriot and 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 pro freedom and stuff but And sometimes there's good news, but there's a lot, sometimes there's a lot of like, you know, there's preppers in there and it it just all seems kind of like they're really going the other way, which is, it's all going to hell. We're going to have to, you know, leave the cities and go into, you know, almost like hiding and off grid. And I'm like, well, I I don't think it's going to that. Uh, But I wanted to ask you, like, what
1: are some good signs that you see on the macro
0: level, I guess, is one way to ask you.
1: Yeah, there's so many different ways I could answer that. And I I, one of the ways i approach dealing with ugly uncomfortable news is to sit with it it's to r- figure out what does it then mean and mm-hmm. how shall i then live and, and what, I, what what you know, several things give me hope but one is just that the human spirit it, the human nature is not changing it we are we long for freedom we long to be creative we long to buy and sell and trade things and that cannot be stamped out of the human condition as much as they try mm-hmm. and so Whatever lane someone is in, whatever, where they live or what's important to them, or no matter which angle you came into the great awakening, we could call it, of, of recognizing that we do live under a global governance system. We live under a sick, eugenics, transhumanist, nefarious contempt for humanity that is running this show that's yep. it takes a while to digest that ugly red pill mm-hmm. but once you've got it once you can ex- like i can explain the what why and how of what's going on now it took me a while but i get it and what's given me so much excitement or hope for the future is this the number of lions <laughs> who've woken up the, the direction of um well, I'll just zoom in on like the the health or pharma industry, for example, the vaccine industry more specifically has the beginning of the end. We've already passed that. That like that narrative, that way of looking at health has peaked. And it is a mass exodus from that way of approaching health, where, you know, about a third of the people roughly stood up to the COVID narrative and said, No, I'm not taking your experimental. Gene therapy, yep. and you know the people that were coerced and didn't want to do it. Well, they're not buying it anywhere. The uptake on these so-called boosters or the next vaccine that was just approved is paltry. Nobody wants the thing, and so they can keep pumping it out and they can keep beating their chest, but they just look more and more silly. Mm-hmm. So that's one area where you can see where the the Great Awakening has begun, and whether you got into it realizing their censorship is. a a problem. Or the open borders, like New York's having a really bitter pill right now waking up saying maybe the sanctuary city idea wasn't a good idea. Right, Right, There's so many different levels at which things no longer make sense. And as long as you're just a little bit curious and you will look at this, you'll say, we have some fundamental seismic shifts we need to make. In order to have a civil society, because where this goes, if we don't do the work, is ugly. Mm-hmm. And what that has spurred on is innovators in every segment that you can imagine. There is significant pushback. There is significant new infrastructure, and we're basically more or less rebuilding every industry that undergirded our society with patriots, with freedom-loving people, with people of faith who see the problem and want to do something about it. And and for and once, you go from hand wringer, you know, afraid of listening to the news and you shift into the headspace of, well, what can I do about it? And you put your hand to some aspect of it. You're not going to be able to solve all of the problem. So pick your lane and let's keep this divide and conquer approach going because it's working. We have pushback everywhere and we have to accept there's going to be casualties in this fight. It's going to be a multi- Year probably multi-decade fight to get back in front of this, but in the end, humanity—I d- I really do think—wins this, and that's that's from a sober, optimistic place, not a you know fluffy. Let's yeah. just pretend everything's going to work. Like it, it's going to be work. It's going to be a bumpy ride. But so much sickness has come to light. The, the veil or the mask of this global governance system has slipped. We know who they are now, and it, we get to laugh at them, and mock them, and shun them, and get to the work of. Creating the systems we've always wanted, but we didn't know we needed, and that's going to take a while. But um, once you shift out of the fear and you just start putting your hand to something, it feels really good because you feel like you have a chance to influence the outcome, and you meet more people. And the courage to speak up is the conversation. It's the twinkle in someone else's eye. It's the uh, thank you for saying that that somebody else needed, and now you have a new friend. And it, it it's. Contagious. It. It. We have woken up so many people. Are we to the point of being ready to punt and kick, get rid of the globalists? No, we're not there yet, but we will. And yeah. so, it. To me, it's fun to be in that fight, and it's fun to wake up every day with a, a strong sense of purpose and that my work matters. And so, that's really what I spend my time on. And I get to scan the headlines, laugh at the globalists, take inventory of their agendas, and the, the things that are actually the signal and the noise. And the fear button they try to push just doesn't work very much for me anymore. They, that yeah. that button has been so desensitized that um, on the occasion where it does work, I take that as a, a check engine. Like, ooh, okay, I haven't been given a spirit of fear, so why am I worried about that? Right. And my hope is not in who governs us or what laws we pass. My hope is in the power of God to work in the hearts of people and in humans to to connect and to come together. And our shared humanity and all the long list of things we have in common is so much more um, beneficial to focus on than all the things that could be and are intentionally used to divide us. So, anyway, a lot I could say, but that, I'll leave it there. Well, that's
0: beautifully said. I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. You know, there's when you talk about like the Great Awakening, I, I've seen this wave happen where, you know, people that you know, we we got lulled to sleep. I I think about, like, say, my parents' generation. And, you know, they were really taught, like, the government wasn't the enemy. They were there to assist us. And, you know, the doctors and and with their pharmaceutical drugs, you know, were there to help you. And to optimize health was to buy into the medical system. And the medical system, you know, became increasingly married to pharma with all their weird stuff. And and then media, you know, back then it was like, you know, Walter Cronkite's telling us the truth about what's happening, you know, and, and everything now, it's like this whole mass of people going, oh, my God they mm-hmm. were not tell they're not telling us the truth in fact they're actively lying they don't seem to like humanity very much you know like mm-hmm. it's it's dawning on them in bits and pieces where everywhere they look it's not what they thought it was and it can be mass it can be massively you know confusing and cognitive dissonance and all that stuff but i think more and more people like i'm i'm related and i have some some you know good friends that are coming into this kind of like wow i am seeing it i'm seeing some things for the the first time so to your point i believe it's it's massive i think there's a lot of people that are articulating it you know like you and i have been in this a while but there's also people that are just arriving at the omg moment Mm -hmm. um and and they're starting to see things for the first time you know what one thing you said about building the systems i i really am excited about this movement to decentralization um mm-hmm. because a lot of what we're talking about is top down control now mm-hmm. now the globalists want more control and they want everything into one node so they want one currency central bank digital currency they want one medical system they want one governance one world government right and so they're looking like can we squeeze everything into one thing that we control mm-hmm. and then and then humanity is starting to discover in all these different ways wait a minute we don't need that like we don't need our social media to be centrally controlled we can create um decentralized social media we don't need the voting to be centrally controlled we can create voting systems with id that are decentralized and 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 we can create a more sound a healthier voting system, Bitcoin, a decentralized sound money, the first sound money humanity's ever seen is decentralized. And I think even though I see Bitcoin as at the vanguard, like it's really like people, companies are going to start adopting it. Uh, Small countries already are adopting it. I think Bitcoin is kind of this uh, trailblazer and people think of it as only money and yes it has that function but i think it waves the flag of we can build whatever we want on decentralized a new internet that's not centrally controlled and there is really really talented developers that are building all these systems that you and i talk about i think the healthcare system is going to create something amazing using decentralization i just don't know what it's going to be but hopefully if i live long enough i'm going to see all these different pro humanity systems flourish where um, they were not, we were just getting by trusting authorities and they really weren't watching out for our best interests. It turns out we could do a better job, just all of us teaming together with our talents. Um, that's a lot. I was just going to talk about decentralization. I feel like to me, it's the, it's where things are going. It's what I'm really excited about um, because I can see it. The application is almost every place that maybe humanity has been hindered or enslaved or, or or limited in what they're able to access because of the centralized systems that we've grown up under,
1: not knowing that there was another way. Right. Well, and I guess you kind of, you broadly framed it well, because really this is an effort or a, a a wet dream of psychopathic Malthusian cult members who their whole goal in life is to control everything and because they're atheistic and godless and have no moral compass they're their own highest good and they see the only way to utopia is to try to achieve immortality and upload their consciousness to the cloud and turn us into robots and it's just this gross disgusting anti-human agenda but at the core of it is a very wounded set of people who are who've been so depraved from hope and from love and from all that makes life beautiful, that they have their sickness is so set in that they have tried to form the rest of us into it. And because none of us really want to sign up for that is so unrelatable. Their best effort is to try to control us and force us into the way they want to see things. And no matter what your I can't unsee that moment was of like, ooh, that's gross and that just turned my view of XYZ upside down. And now I now I have to think differently. Once you have that moment, you realize that their control or their loss of it is the thing they fear the most. And we get to give them that with decentralization. We get to give them irrelevance and they can say, do this. And we can say, no. And that effort across the industries, across whether it's elections and voting or it's monetary system or whether it's journalism or whether it's healthcare or food production or whatever you want to, industry you want to look at, the more we are able to take back some of those industries, and it's already happening. I mean, journalism is regrowing from the ground up right now. And you mentioned Bitcoin. It is something that has the potential. We'll see if it survives the efforts to shut it down, but it has the potential to be sound money that we can use digitally. And Um, so whatever industry we're talking about, if we can recognize that what we're trying to do is stop the kill switches. We're trying to stop other people from taking away our freedoms and that, or the the option for private property, you know, the the great quote is the the way to, um, keep people enslaved is take away all of their property rights. Well, okay, then that needs to be central to whatever way we decentralize. So we are not by any stretch of the uh, imagination out of the woods. Right Fighting this attempt to centralize and control everything. And yet there are so many people. I just watched a video today about the the way that um, Google's algorithm and the ability to spy on them, the way they have spied on us to expose what they're doing, the way that they control us, and point that out is is now out and available. And, that took a massive amount of effort. There's there's efforts to decentralize the internet so there nobody can turn it off, and there's they don't know where all these broadcasts are happening from, and and so it's fun to watch the ingenuity of humanity go to work on these problems, and you find your little lane because again, it's really hard. Is one of the big things the sovereignty project taught me is how a, a solitary human is a contradiction in terms. We have to have other community around us and we cannot solve all of these by ourselves and it would be silly to try and it's not very fun to try and it's the straight path to neuroticism and paranoia if you think you can Mm. and so what we have to develop instead is people skills we have to develop relationships we have to get past our culture that says i'm i can be happy and fine just living my life and having everyone leave me alone like we 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 want the government to leave us alone. We don't want the the big powers that be that want to control us and put us into their view of of reality to control us. But we want life and we want freedom and we want we do thrive. It does feel good mm-hmm. to be known and to be a part of community. And the more that becomes wrapped into this decentralization, it's not just tech, it's not just money, it's not just um, you know, finding a better voting system. It is about getting back to what makes us human, getting back to loving your neighbor getting back to meeting needs where you see them and that is beautiful and that means you get your hands in the dirt that means you you switch phones that means you do any number of things to participate in the systems that lead to human flourishing and you shun and break up with and stop funding your enemy and doing business with criminals once you feel once you realize that's what you're doing so anyway that's that would be my addition to your comments about decentralization
0: yeah, that's so great. You know, you mentioned the sovereignty project. We talked about that and and I wanted to ask you about the EMF thing, but I, first I wanted you mentioned you learned a lot in the sovereignty project and I wanted to ask you kind of what did you learn? Uh, it's 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 a great program, a bunch of really comprehensive and a bunch of modules in in all kinds of areas of 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 living a sovereign life, living a free life. Um did you what did you find in terms of uh, the people that you've that you've delivered the program to, like what what are what are people gravitating towards? What are they really like excited about? Uh, 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 asserting their own sovereignty with what areas, and then maybe what's an area or two that people. Um, maybe it's uh, maybe they're not gravitating or there's a blind spot or uh, they're resistant or it, it's more challenging. did you did you were able to get a kind of a bead on on your participants and 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 the program and how it lined up with them?
1: Yeah, there's I mean, I think the response to that the, the program overall was was great. And what's a, a couple a couple of things that stood out would be the because of the comprehensive nature of it we're basically saying, Here's all the systems we're born into, and let's see if we can break up with them and, and create something better. That, that is a massive undertaking, and you appreciate it more the more you get into it. Like, gee whiz, it really is. It ripples into every aspect of our life, and that is a multi-generational, you know, few hundred-year-long plan that got us here. And so okay, it's going to take a while to disentangle from that. So where people were most engaged was really more dependent upon them and what was important or where they felt the most vulnerable – or where they were the most eager to learn. And so from from digital independence to financial stability to health and healing or home and community or food or whatever it was that we dove into, there was various levels of engagement for for particular topics, depending on where those people were in their lives. But um, I think some of the bigger lessons were just, like I said before, how much we need community. And I think that there was a comfort level recognizing that, okay, this is going to be a project for me to do it well, I probably need two or three years to to actually implement everything I learned Mm -hmm. and then find all the other things I still haven't learned yet and implement them. But to be able to know the resources are there and I have the tools, for example, to go find a local bank that I can trust. I have the tools to know how to start my own backyard garden. I have the tools to know how to disentangle my digital ecosystem from the control grid and set up one that's outside of that. Like it's all there and yet it takes time and some, you know, the the digital one, depending on where you are, can take more resources if you're going to get a new phone and a new laptop. And Mm -hmm. um, so depending on what resources you have, that can determine where you focus. But the good part is you pick something like, you know, better, uh, a year early than a day late, just work on something mm-hmm. where it makes sense to you with who you have around you. And once you've got some hubs of sovereignty set up, then you really can, then you go on offense and you start being able to take it to the systems that are working to enslave us. And so we actually built the community blueprints around the idea of here's how you go active or uh, become activists in, in your, in your community. And mm-hmm. here are even things that here's what to say, here's how to recruit people. And so, um, it's a, it's a very methodical process, but it's also a large one that once you get your head around what's there, then you can say, okay, let me actually be strategic and and pick an area of focus, knowing that I'll get to the other ones when it's time. But we didn't really get much in the way of pushback. It was just more appreciation for what's there. And a lot of sober conversations or updates on here's what's unfolding and here's why you might want to spend a little more time focusing on your digital footprint or your finding a better bank or finding a different medium of exchange and using mm-hmm. Bitcoin, using gold and silver, maybe I mean a wild card. You can create your own currency if you want. There's no law against that. Like right. there's so many ways we do not have to be under their thumb. And so very fun project. And right now it's just it's available for anybody who wants to see it as it was. And we'll we'll do a, a second version of it. But um yeah, so That's there's great. a little recap.
0: What, you know, I saw in the program, uh, there was a module or maybe it was a part of a module, but it was on EM, EMF proofing your life. And Mm -hmm. I I wanted you to talk just a little bit about that because EMF stuff, I mean, I think everybody's kind of, we're swimming in it. I mean, I live in a technological, you know, hub in Seattle Mm -hmm. and it's just, um, and you get this kind of vague, you know, kind of sense of like, you know, what is this, what are these things doing to me ultimately? You know, I'm in good health, but I feel like, you know, and I have some friends that have different kinds of, you know, devices maybe that they, or, or, you know, bracelets that they wear and, you know, this blocks EMF or whatever. And, Mm-hmm. I haven't exactly done a deep dive. I have some friends that that know more about it than I do, certainly. But I wanted to ask you, since you have done a deep dive, like what, what, uh, what are your thoughts on it? How do you, how do you EMF proof your house, or you know, because you've got a lot of young children, and how are mm-hmm. you going? How are you going about, you know, kind of interacting with the technology? Obviously, we're doing that right now, but also protecting so that you're not you're not exposing yourself to stuff that maybe you don't need to expose yourself to.
1: Sure, yeah, great set of questions there. So if you wanna to go to the bottom of the rabbit hole on EMF, the probably the best resource I could point anyone to would be the book, The Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. And he basically did an entire history of electricity. He, he All of the different times we rolled out different electrical technologies in history, he goes back to the 1700s. And what he does is convincingly correlates all of these different rollouts with incidents of disease in humans. And you know, the most um, one people probably know the most is actually the Spanish flu in 1918. Well, that was, that was right at the time they rolled out a whole bunch of electrical technologies that made a lot of people sick. And so we blamed it on the virus boogeyman instead of what was actually triggering it, which was... The history and documentable there's a disease called neurasthenia which is actually a sickness from too many uh, too much electromagnetic chaos and there's a lot of different frequencies that can be used um, and our bodies are electrical systems and once you understand that the whole system runs on electricity and biochemistry runs on top of that and recognizing that we are you know we live on an earth with a magnetic field And we because we are electrical beings other competing frequencies can be detrimental to our health and so he goes meticulously shows what it does to ants or bees or birds and how they can't navigate anymore and so there's plenty of documentation and there's a lot of st- stories of people with documented sensitivity to it, where their health just takes a dive and it turns it off and they're back to health and so turn it back on and they, they get sick again so there if if you're unconvinced that emf sickness is a real thing check out that book cuz it's probably the best place to start to get your head around what we're actually dealing with and then you can you can bring it more into modern times and recognize that the military or various industries use frequency as weapons they have the ability to turn on a frequency that will make you instantly itch or your skin crawl or will blow out your eardrums or any number of things so frequency can be used as medicine, but the lower level of it is really where the ongoing body burden shows up. And it's not that you're we're not in good health. It's just I wonder how much better my health could be if we actually could just turn that off for a second. Imagine that ringing in your ears that you feel like, or that you know pressure in your head. There's some things that we we just assume as normal, and we don't know that it's not necessarily something we have to live with. Some some of the good news is that the body does seem to adapt over time, and nature does find ways to harmonize and bounce and, and compensate for these frequencies but it is a an industry that has enjoyed a free pass because it makes so much money and the the another interesting tidbit is that the marketing agency that was behind promoting the plausible deniability that sowed doubt as their product the one that did that for the cigarette companies is also the same company that the the uh, telecom industry has hired to sow doubts and say, "No, nah, science is inconclusive. There's no evidence that it really does this." And there's plenty of it, the the tumors and developing in people's brains from the ear, that wireless earbuds or the phone next to your head, and on and on through the list of this could only be explained by some sort of electromagnetic chaos. That's a real thing, and is it the most important of everything? Some people make that case. I, I tend to think what you're eating, what water you're drinking, what your sleep habits are like are. Going to give you more margin to handle that. and and if you're looking for a place to start with your health strategy, I don't know if I go to EMF first. I tend to go to that further down the list, but I certainly don't rule it out. And some people, that's the straw that's breaking their back, and their body's having a hard time getting back in front of that continual bombardment of chaos. So being able to take that off, there's you know the two main strategies you can think of are blocking and harmonizing. Or at least mitigating by reducing the amount of near inputs that you have. So, pragmatically, what that can mean is, can you at least wire your home or or go to wired internet versus Wi-Fi? Because that is, uh, like, put a plant, a house plant, next to your Wi-Fi signal and watch it die. It won't Mm -hmm. make it. Mm -hmm. And that's going through us all the time. And so, if you can at least turn that off that's what we, one thing we finally did was we wired our computers and our anything we needed to connect to the internet we got a wired connection and turned off the wi-fi and mm. that was a that was an important step the other big one is our cell phones right and that there's so much evidence the iphone 12 was just banned in france because that they, they caused too much too many health problems oh okay so what about the ones that came after that it's a, there's a good chance that's probably also a problem with what they're doing so um just knowing how detrimental. Those can be, well, never have the phone next to your ear because that's just a radiation funnel into your head. Um, get a case to put it in. You can get a you know a Faraday bag to put it in at night if you want, but have a case that blocks it as much as possible. Don't use wired headphones ever. Use wireless headphones if you can do that. that, that anywhere you can, don't wear the phone on your body. It's just an EMF funnel right on your body, especially if it's in your pocket, then it's near your male or female genitals. You do not want a cell phone on your body, have it somewhere else. It is, if I have a cell phone, it's never in my pocket, uh, or as it is, I'm setting something down and I have, need a hand free for a second. But, um, and it's on, uh, I never have the, the Wi-Fi signals off, the the um, Bluetooth is always off and it's only on the cell network. And even then I put it on airplane mode when I don't need it. So mm-hmm. it's it's simple things like that that can significantly reduce your exposure And then there are, you know, clothes you can get, there's paint you can get to paint your home. There's all sorts of different devices that are said to block or push back that signal. The challenge is you push it off you and bounce it into someone else. Is there there a science with that stuff? You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I I wonder if, you know, like some people are, they, they have like
0: copper, you know, copper is something that they use to kind of keep it away from them or... Um, it, it does that, is there science behind that or it seems, yeah, it seems yeah, sometimes it seems kind of woogey woogey to me, some of that stuff, but I'm like, well, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, debunk it. Cause
1: I don't really know, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the Arthur Furstensberg book will give you some of the more bulletproof science or the like, mm. gosh, the convincing arguments, especially the birds. Like they used to have contests whose bird could fly the fastest and navigate toward whatever, you know, the carrier pigeon doing its thing. Well, now they just, they stopped the contest because the birds can't figure out where they're going anymore.
0: There's too much
1: EMF in the air blocking their ability to even navigate now. And to to think that has no impact on human health is hubris. So their science is there and there are products and there are so many of them. And it's tough on the consumer because it is a wild west and there's probably knockoff products and – you know, questionable science and questionable products that have some value, but maybe not as good as what we want. And so it really is on us as individuals to do our homework. And so you've got a whole host of blocking products. And one thing you could do is just get a meter. There's there's EMF readers that you can get that will, you turn it on, you're like, oh, sure enough. <laughs> uh, that, I, I, I we got one of those when we were doing that module or that track within the um, health and healing module. And just went went around our house testing things and finding, you turn your cell phone on, you just see the meter light up with all of this chaos, or the, the smart meters outside, or there's even this, that green electrical box, a lot of people know what those are. Mm-hmm. I put the smart meter or the um, EMF reader on that, and I heard a song. I'm like, how in the world is music playing now that I touched this thing? Like, there's obviously something in the air. And recognizing your computer, your phones, your lights—all of the, like they're all of them have some sort of electrical signal. And it's the the overload that just creates a burden of or a body burden, a bucket that gets full and overflows and, and spills into symptoms. So um, a meter could give you one way to read it, and then you could just, you know, the various devices you can find online um, should have dependable science they can look at. And then sometimes it's like I know a friend who. Was, he did a. He had a guru come to his house and read all the different places where he had electromagnetic chaos, and then he bought different products and tested them. And some of them he sent back because they didn't seem to work. So it's a project, and to my point earlier about this takes a while to disentangle. And so, yeah, yeah once you brace for that, it's not so hard. But you can also get um, harmonizers. So there's a couple decent ones. There's vetic and there's the Leela Q that, mm-hmm. that are both things you can do. And then there's products like Defender Shield. Who tend to have decent, um, you know, abilities to seemingly block those different harmful frequencies? So, um, is it the number one thing that you need to do right now? Hmm, not necessarily, but there's some e- really easy things you can do to diminish the burden that is on your body, and that goes a long way to giving your that bandwidth back to your body to focus on something else.
0: That's great, Christian. I, I just think I love how grounded your your counsel is because you're not freaking out that there's 5G, you know, this it's like, you, you know, we are adaptable, but there's also a lot of people I think who are having illness due to this and they're mm-hmm. not, they're not, nobody's telling them it could be this, you know? So they're like, so they're like, they're swimming in the, in all of the EMF mm-hmm. uh, chaos and all the electrical currents. Uh, They're not feeling good. They're maybe more sensitive than this person over here, and they're having all these, you know, migraines and you know whatever the whatever the symptoms are. But they're not quite able to put their finger out, and they go to the doctor. And the doctor is going, oh, it's like here's some, you know, let me give you some of this and see if that helps. But it's uh, it's not talked about enough in terms of maybe look at it. And I I just love how you're. You're not freaking out on it. You're like saying, hey, this is a this is a factor for everybody, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yep. you may be more sensitive. Also, you might have kids or just for yourself. Like, why swim in it? Why maximize what you're swimming in when it's probably not that great for you? Here's this guy who wrote this great book about it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you can minimize uh what you're doing and and maximize some other inputs that are that are really positive and
1: and and strengthen your health. Right. Yeah, and, and to know that the five G that rolled out during COVID, that was intentional. That that's part of the control grid they need, and that got turned on in mass faster than we've been able to adapt to. It's microwaved syndrome is a thing. You can go look it up. It's it's a real symptom, and not surprisingly, some of the symptoms of radiation poisoning are loss of taste and loss of smell and all sorts of other things that we would attribute to infection can be. A sor- sourced from electromagnetic chaos. And, and the more that we ha- at least have that as a category to explore and say, what could I do to diminish that? Or is there any part, way I could be part of maybe pushing back against this 5G smart meter, smart technology for everything? You do not need a smart toaster or smart diapers or any other dumb smart device that is actually just there to spy on you, collect your information, and possibly be poisoning you at the same time. Like the more analog we get to go back to the more human it feels like we become. And yes, I love technology. I like having be able to talk to you (laughs) over the internet. There's so many great things technology does for us, but we can at least say, at what cost? And is this worth the trade-off? And what would be so bad about a dumb phone? What would be so bad about not having a smart toaster or any other number of things that really aren't that the smart technology in case you don't know is part of the globalist disgusting vision of the internet of things and their vision according to the mid you know, 2016 15 or something i think it was they had this article that came out it's 2030 i own nothing and i've never been happier but right. in that they talk about how you don't even own your shirt you don't own the toaster you don't even own your own living room you own literally nothing and you rent all of it well, part of that dystopian agenda is being able to have every single thing that is you own attached to the smart grid. They even have smart clothing now. Like, God forbid, we need to have smart underwear. Yeah. It's actually a thing. They're trying to develop that so they can monitor. A, gross. No, I don't want to participate in that. And what if it, what if we just start going less digital? It's freeing rather than like, oh no, I don't, I can't ring the doorbell from my car or check in on my pool or like, okay, well maybe, but we don't need to be able to do that. Right and. So anyway, there there are so many as you can tell just from that little riff. There's a lot of trade-offs, and rethinking of what life do I really want to live? And shoot, how do I just like an Apple Watch or AirPods? No, thank you. Never do I want that on my body mm. because I know what it does now. And uh, never mind the control grid. I just don't need the body burden. I don't want a wrist cyst or tumor in my brain that goes on for a hex number of years because I just couldn't break up with the convenience of listening to my music with an earpod. So right, right. at some point we just you get to the pragmatic and think long-term and it, it helps you ask kinder, more fair questions about what, where is this really serving me and where's it going? That's
0: great. That's really great. You know, you've got a, what do you got going on? You've got the sovereignty project. You've got the podcast. I see. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, Deconstructing conventional podcast. That is super exciting. Uh, what, what, what is that about what can listeners uh find out there? What's your what's your angle? And yeah, where can people find you and what you've been up to? What do you like to what do you got going on that you're excited about?
1: Well, thank you for asking. Yeah, so I I I recently started a podcast. It's called Deconstructing Conventional as you mentioned. And so um really my my professional career has been spent in the health lane. So I've been, a, I guess, the best box to put me in as a health coach. And so I've studied with breadth and a lot of different things. And so it's it, the first 10 episodes were really me just trying to pass on a very different paradigm of health. It is, I, I go back to the, you know, Rockefeller Medicine and the American Medical Association and how that itself was set up as a control mechanism as part of a bigger global governance system. It's what's old is new. Here we are again. And we're back to globalism, but rewind it to where American Western medicine started. And so I just kind of, there's some history there. And then I really get into the body and geeking out on how it heals and some of the ways that we've been told to think about our health. And I juxtapose them from how health I think is actually built. And what is a healing paradigm versus a treatment paradigm? What is a... Um, holistic paradigm versus a symptom suppression paradigm of rockefeller medicine Mm -hmm. if you don't know essentially that pharmacology comes from the word pharmakia which means witchcraft it is a disgusting we are smarter than the body we have to fight its battles for it and we are going to chemically intervene in the body to force it to heal or function in particular ways it's never been about healing it's always been about control and once that light bulb goes off oh I can look at health differently, and there's agency now I now have, and there's responsibility I have, and um, a whole network of options and opportunity that you didn't know was there. So I spent about 10 episodes exploring that, and then I've started a series of interviews, and one thing I got asked to participate in several months ago was to um, build a comprehensive detox guide for the COVID vaccine in particular, and it's really turned more into a, a comprehensive detox for anything, for any vaccine or for any number of things that are poisoning our bodies from metals to parasites to, this, to the injections and the chemicals that are in our environment. And it's becoming a you know, healing or detoxification 101 with very methodical paths forward for people, no matter where they are with their health. And we're going after the most important poisonous things that are in our environment and giving people a, oh, I can actually do that. Because most of the detox guides right now are like, here, swallow 40 things and call me in the morning or get back to me in two weeks. And it's just an onerous, overwhelming hodgepodge of hat tips to various things and hope this helps. And it's, they're just not accessible. So I got asked to participate in that. So some of the podcast episodes are going to be about, I'm interviewing a lot of different people and across the different fields or who have experience helping people detox from the covid injections in particular or just heal in general and so that's a fun project that'll probably keep me busy at least through the end of the year mm-hmm. and perhaps into next year so that's one of the things i'm working on but you can find that podcast and start at the beginning or start with whatever episode sounds interesting to you and i've got some fun ones uh, upcoming that i'm excited to tell people about so that's the podcast and uh, as a health coach you can find our website truewholehuman.com. And that's where you can find our memberships and and the coaching that I do for people. And um, it's just, it's it's more of a whole person coaching. I I have learned that I cannot separate mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. And so I you know I come from a Christian perspective for, for relevance there. But helping people understand what the plot of life is about and what they value and what trade offs are worth it. But really get into the weeds of where are you stuck with your health and why. And sometimes that's as much emotional as it is physical. And sometimes it's mostly emotional. And that's why your body can't seem to heal. Or sometimes it's, oh, you've got a parasite or you've got metal detox that you need to do, or you've got a gut that can't digest. And so I've just learned how to inventory that and and help people chart their path to a personalized healing journey. Um, And our tagline is we coach the whole human. So that seems to most aptly describe what we tend to do. (laughs) So
0: that's great. That's fantastic. Well, Christian, thanks so much for coming back on. It's always so great to talk to you, by the way. I just love listening to you uh, and hearing your insights and your wisdom on all kinds of topics. I think you're just, you're really making a big difference right now for people. And I'm just, I'm just brings a smile to my face that people can come in and, and find you in your program. So, and good luck on the, uh, on the podcast, uh, come back and talk to us again and just really have a great uh, fall down there and, and good luck with all the all the stuff you got in motion.
1: Well, thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate the opportunity to come back.
0: So good to speak again with Christian Elliott. He got me taking a kind and gentle look at how I interact with technology. Rather than mindlessly engaging with my phone and my music and podcasts, I'm starting to explore ways to reduce the body burden of technology. Go get connected to Christian. He is at www truewholehuman.com and has a ton of great content and programs. Thank you, Base Campers. We'll see you around the fire next week. If you find value in our show and wish to show us some love, we are now making that very easy to do. You simply go to www.basecampformen.com and click on Donate Support Basecamp. You'll find an easy way to make either monthly donations for as little as $5 a month, or you can donate just once. We love the monthly donation and hope to build this up over the coming months, but any show of support is greatly appreciated, honestly. Thank you for your support and for helping to keep Basecamp as a resource on your hero's journey. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors, and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.